0: on the Dental Experience Podcast.
1: I just want to talk about and reiterate how important it is to identify burnout.
0: Um, that is a big part of the problem is that people don't want to admit it because, um, you know, you can Google burnout and get a myriad of symptoms, but I'll tell you from my own experience, I had to sense that I was going down the railway. Uh, my legs were sliding down the rails on a railroad track and the track was getting wider and wider and wider and I, I didn't know how I was going to stay on it. This This is the Dental Experience Podcast. Here's your host,
1: Ryan Vett. Welcome to another episode of the Dental Experience Podcast. This is episode two of a brand new season, and I'm excited to have you all back, listening from over 25 countries around the world. Today I have with me a really special guest, and I say that about a lot of my guests, but this is someone that I've known for at least, uh, we're almost going on a decade now. We met in Texas. And we have been all over the country and world together. I don't know if we've ever been to each other's hometowns together, but but Steve Adams is my guest today. Steve is an entrepreneur extraordinaire, but former corporate banker. Uh, And and he has so much experience from retail and scaling uh, hundreds of millions of dollars business with almost a thousand employees across the country with top net promoter scores. And for you in dental practices, I know we've talked about that before. It's how your patients perceive you. But most recently into a new venture that I think is so relevant, and it ties well to what we heard uh, about with Holly last week, and, and it's this idea of how do you survive through burnout, and so today I'm excited to have uh, Steve Adams from Tiger Medical Institute to talk a little bit about what it means to uh, navigate through some of those sticky situations, especially when you get to a midlife crisis. doesn't mean you have to be midlife, uh, midway through life, but uh, some of those experiences and how you can overcome some of those obstacles and persevere. So Steve, welcome to the show.
0: Ryan, thank you. I'm really excited to be here and honored to share.
1: Well, thank you so much. So Steve, I'd love to hear, I gave a little bit of a high level of your background. You've written two books, but I'd love to hear a little bit more about your story and how you got to where you are today, because you've taken a, a traditional entrepreneur's path. And at some point in the journey, you realize that there needs to be a focus on really impacting the person and how they impact others. So can you kind of walk us through that story?
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm happy to do that. You know, I I grew up a middle-class kid in Lansing, Michigan. My dad was an auto worker. Uh, I had no entrepreneurial models, really no white collar models, um, no models of people with even college educations, but I had great parents and um, my dad really focused on education. And so I happened to be a decent football player. So I got a, a scholarship to play at a, a division two school in Michigan and got my education free And um, from there left and went into banking in Detroit, Michigan in the mid 80s. It was kind of the go-go 80s of the yuppie era. And uh, while I was doing that, I got my MBA and uh, had a really nice run for 10 years as a corporate banker. But I just realized I didn't want to be in Fortune 500 America. I didn't feel like I could impact people like I wanted to. And so I left kind of a nice pinnacle part of my career and started a uh, bought into a pet franchise um, in the mid nineties and started that and had a 21 year run with that. And that's the company that we scaled. And it was, it wasn't just me. I had a really great team around me, a couple of great partners um, who had complementary skill sets. And we did, we did it. We, we, we did it. We had, we had a company over hundred million in revenue, about 850 employees. And uh, it was just a tremendous experience. And I learned a lot, but at the end of the run, Actually, I, my, my, I myself went through burnout. Uh, I was traveling over 100 nights a year, realized something needed to change. And so I took a step back. I sold my company to my partners and I worked with this doctor in Los Angeles, uh, Dr. Matthew McNamee, who had spent a decade working in Silicon Valley, specializing in the rebuilding of people with burnout. I worked with him and he, he got to the root causes and I'll, I'll cut it off here. We can talk more deeply about it if you want later, but he basically rebuilt me. And so I decided to partner with him and we created the Tiger Medical Institute. So that's, that's a quick story of how I got here.
1: Awesome. That's great. And you mentioned something about teams early on and mm-hmm. the idea of having teams. A lot of people think if, if you're on a team, teams are definitely better than being a single person running around trying to do everything But still, people on teams can experience significant burnout. And a lot of dental teams are incredible. I've worked with a number of them and just seeing the chemistry and how well they support and encourage each other. But burnout's real, even in a team setting. Could you maybe just briefly touch on how real that is?
0: Well, burnout, uh, the, the World Health Organization actually classified it as a syndrome in 2020. So it's gotten to that point now. The You know, there's really a couple of sources of burnout uh, based on um, the research I did in writing my last book and uh, talking to Dr. Matt. And one is psychological. So you can be in a work setting where there's a sense of unfairness or Uh, continuous unrelenting overwork or there's toxicity that can drive it or it's simply you as an individual are going so hard that you personally in your own personal habits kind of destroy your physiology and and a lot of times there's both but uh it can be one or the other and in my case it was 90 percent me and my physiology wow
1: Well, I want to talk a little bit more about how to identify burnout, because I think that's one of the biggest things. And then once you've identified it, how do you deal with it? Because I think it's almost taboo for some people to admit that they are burned out. Um, So I would love to explore those two topics, but let's explore those after this quick word from our sponsors. Are you looking to get the most out of your Dentrix practice management software? Dana Johnson has helped dental practices throughout the world maximize the investment that they have made in their software by helping dentists and team members become Dentrix super users from in-office training to an online library with tools built for every member of the dental practice. Dana Johnson's Navoni membership is the solution for your Dentrix needs. Check out Navoni.com. That's N O V O N E E.com and start using your Dentrix software to its fullest potential today. And we're back. And Steve, I just want to talk about and reiterate how important it is to identify burnout. Do you mind sharing a little bit about how to do that and how to approach a topic that maybe people don't want to admit that they're even experiencing
0: burnout? Um, that is a big part of the problem is that people don't want to admit it because, um, you know, that you can Google burnout and get a myriad of symptoms, but I'll tell you from my own experience, I had to sense that I was going down the railway. Uh, My legs were sliding down the rails on a railroad track and the track was getting wider and wider and wider. And I, I didn't know how I was going to stay on it. The uh, problems that today seem small when I was in the midst of that seemed overwhelming, Uh, mental and physical fatigue, sleep disruption, feeling anxious and stressed all the time, feeling like you're like a loss of confidence professionally Another area is you struggle with, you know, you have too much work to do. And so you feel like this sense of hopelessness, like you can't get it done ever. Um, And so there, and then you have this, you detach from your work, detach from the people around you. So those are all classic signs. And then the physiology side, again, is that you, you feel this unrelenting stress. You're anxious. You're not sleeping well. You might have GI issues. You might have gained some weight from some of the coping things you do. So those would be the classic signs.
1: So identifying it, I think a lot of people in our positions, you and I, both entrepreneurs. Um, I know we've joked about the high highs and the some of the low lows, the lawsuits and everything yep. else in between, uh, things <laughs> that we we probably aren't able to share on here. But in, in between all of that, some of that just comes situationally, and some of it is becomes a, a serious issue. Could you talk a little bit about once you've identified? Uh, maybe some of those uh, sleepless nights or anxiety that you might not have had before weight gain or any, any number of those symptoms, once you've identified it, what in the world do you do?
0: It's a great question. So at the, the medical Institute, what we do, you know, our doctor is very skilled in identifying burnout because he worked with it for a decade at Silicon Valley, as I said earlier, but there's also grades and shades of it as well. And so what we do is in, in it's, One of the things that makes us really unique is, you know, we do a a very extensive set of testing on someone. And when I say that, I don't mean from a purely disease uh, detection, which is the traditional Western medicine model. And I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying we do it differently. We, We do root cause. And so instead of just identifying if somebody has acid reflux or not, our doctor actually does a biome test. He looks at their hormones. Because hormones are a big part of mid-career professional challenges with their health, um, our doctor is also a specialist in endocrinology, so he understands that. So we we do a root cause analysis of the blood of the hormones, of the gut biome, micronutrients, and uh, we also do a genetics test because that tells us how is this person predisposed genetically to handle stress. Are they more? We actually can tell if they're more prone to burnout or not based on their gene markers. And we integrate that current state with predetermined design of the person to integrate into our solution. Uh, The other important part, changing your physiology when someone has burnout is someone who is in burnout is stuck permanently in stress response. And when you are, you catalyze a whole set of biochemical processes in your body that if not change will lead to chronic disease like heart disease, diabetes, hypertension, even cancer and autoimmune disorders. And so integrated into our medical solution, we actually do sleep coaching and we do stress management training as well.
1: That's great. And I think uh, one of the big stressors, I'm going to take a a little bit of a step back from what you Mm -hmm. do and talk a little bit more about what people are dealing with right now. One of the big stressful parts of any business. I've identified, I'm working on a new book and there's two pieces, right? Time is constant in every business and people are mm-hmm. constant in every business. Time is moving forward. We all have uh, 60 seconds in a minute, 60 minutes in an hour, etc. And last I checked, every business has to have at least one other person involved otherwise you don't have a business. And I, I think uh, people realizing that the time that they have is finite, especially once you get to that middle point in life is often a stressor as well as the people that you have to deal with. And, and I, I say that in a loving way. I say the word deal in a loving way, but a lot of times there are stressors around people and uh, having managed you know, almost a thousand uh, people uh, in your organization uh, previously and having led, I know you're involved in many other businesses with IBAM, uh, the nonprofit that you founded, there's over 60 mm-hmm. businesses in 10 different countries there. So you, you have a lot of experience dealing, maximizing your time, which is awesome. And I wish we had more time to talk about that, but dealing with people. So what are some practical tips that you have just as someone who's been there done that mm-hmm. uh, from everything from small businesses to to large businesses? Uh, what are some practical tips daily?
0: Well, on the personal leadership standpoint and time, look, I, I believe in... You've got to get super clear about who it is you are and what you want. And so, you know, the the things that I teach our team members, and um, we we also have peak performance training with our medical institute. And so, we teach all of our clients uh, that choose to go through the online course and read my book. We teach them to get a transformative purpose, and from there to set goals out three to five years. These are called high hard goals, and then to set annual goals. And then we build what's called a goal stack down from one year down to quarterly, to monthly, to weekly, to daily. And then we teach time blocking. I know it sounds like a lot, but if you want to be able to manage your time well and to be on task with the most strategic things that you need to get done, then you need to go through this process. And we, we teach people how to do that. Uh, if you don't do it, then you're in this perpetual state of stress and I don't know, uh, cognitive dissonance, because you know, you're not getting to the things you need to get to, and it's bothering you. And so that puts stress on you. And that's the thing about us, you know, animals don't do that. They either have a lion chasing them, or they're at rest. Humans are different, we can invent stress in our minds, and then their body doesn't know the difference. And so we can stress just as much thinking about a deadline as we do about a lion. And so then you're never going to get rid of those stressors. There's always going to be people. There's always going to be time pressures. And so what we teach people is to how to self-regulate through that. But anyway, it's it's really big that you do that work, Ryan, because if you do that, then you can actually walk slowly through the day, even though you're hustling, if that makes any sense.
1: Yeah, it does. You said something interesting. You said the the term invent stress. Could you unpack that a little bit? What you mean by inventing stress?
0: So, I mean, we all have enough of it just naturally in our day. but when we ruminate about things we did wrong in the past or we stress about something coming up, which is called anticipatory stress, uh, we actually can catalyze our autonomic nervous system to go into what's called sympathetic response, which is the stress response just by our thoughts. So through the theater of your mind you can invent stress that wasn't there on your body and so the whole key to that is you're never going to stop doing this stuff. I mean it's we're humans. The the key is is learning to recognize it and then knowing how to disarm that and that's what we teach.
1: That's great. And last week we talked with Holly about this idea of mental health being really almost a taboo subject, right? It's something mm-hmm. that either people don't want to admit uh, that they they need help in these areas, they they don't want to admit that something is wrong. I mean, they're you know, I'm not using the proper terminology. She she's an expert in her field. You're an expert in yours. <laughs> But I would love to go back to this. Okay, I've identified a problem in my, my practice and the way I'm practicing, right? I'm a owner and I'm seeing stress. I'm feeling these symptoms. Maybe my life at home is not the same. I think a lot of times we draw this line between personal and professional, which is uh, very damaging. So once you've identified these issues, how, how do you go about admitting or seeking help and just pursuing that next level to make sure that you are? reaching your, your peak potential?
0: Well, it's really hard for people, especially, you know, where the more prevalent area where this is, is in mid-career, you know, people 45 plus, because they've got some decades behind them, some wear and tear. And, you know, you think about it, Dennis, a person who's a dentist, and we work with several dentists now in our clinic, the, uh, you know, they went to school for a decade, all the stress of that. And then they graduate and they have all this debt and they start their practice, and they have to go into more debt to do that. And then they work another decade to pay that off. And then they get into their 40s, and now they're starting to make some real money and accumulate. But their practice is growing, so they have all the natural stressors of that. And so if they haven't learned how to disarm stress and sleep well along the way, that all compounds. And one of the things I learned when I was writing my book by one of the leading endocrinologists in the world, he said, stress is cumulative. It compounds. It's not you know what I mean, and so it you know what you what, what you stress over in your twenties and thirties shows up in your biology in your forties, and and so you know the key is is knowing about you know podcasts like yours and organizations like mine where you can meet with someone who will you know not try to sales pitch you on the first meeting, and let you unpack and describe what your situation is, and then through that. Collaborating with someone, you can actually understand the full uh, measure of really how maybe how much in trouble you are with burnout. But that's the key. You got to take that first step. You got to recognize it and then get help. And I know that's not easy. I went through a, about a three-year process before I was able to get myself there.
1: Mm, that's good. That's good. Well, in our last couple minutes we had together, I, I want to ask you. You know, you you describe yourself as a veteran entrepreneur, mm-hmm. uh, and which veteran often in my mind, that word's associated with some, some battle scars and, and wounds, which I'm sure is why Tyra was born. I wouldn't say that. Uh, you, those were your words. Uh, yeah. But I would love to hear just a, a, a war story and you don't have to be specific that, that you have, one that maybe was monumental in your career or one that's just interesting um, and, a, and a good takeaway you learned uh, at some point in your career, whether early on, later, Uh, Anywhere in between uh, and and maybe a takeaway for for the listeners today.
0: Well, yeah, you know, my, probably the biggest challenge of my whole life professionally was um, so about 10 years into the development of our pet business, we had two stores, made a lot of mistakes, had to close five stores and learn from our mistakes and, uh, I had two partners that were real estate developers. I partnered with them because I that was the area I was weak. And if you're gonna have a chain retail organization, you've got to be great at real estate. And so and they were. they are. And uh, And so we started developing real estate outside of our core business. And for the most part, that went well. But we ended up doing a large, you know, probably a fifty million dollar project in two thousand seven from two thousand five to seven. We worked on this project. And it's a major big box retailer that kind of sells everything. And I will leave the name out. And the last week before the closing, we were three and a half million dollars into this project all on lines of credit because we had this contract and this, this, this retailer backed out. And, and we were stuck with three and a half million in debt, no way to pay for it. And, and so, you know, after about a month of feeling sorry for ourselves, What we ended up doing is setting a strategy where two partners went to work at a real estate firm and I did, my job was to grow the pet chain and make it so that the pet chain was so big that it was irrelevant to our problem. And that's kind of what we did as a, me and my two partners, we did that successfully over 10 years and we ended up paying it all back. Didn't go bankrupt. And it's probably the thing that the three of us are the most proud of in our professional lives, not how big our business was or any of that, but like that we actually faced that mountain and climbed it and was successful. But also the stress from that, that's what sowed the seeds of my burnout later.
1: Sure, I'm sure.
0: So the lesson, Ryan, is just, you know, when you get in yourself into adversity, you just got to define the problem, define a strategy, and then have the discipline and the perseverance to kind of work through it
1: that's awesome steve i appreciate that and i want to share one personal story uh a recent story you and i had a couple months ago actually mm-hmm. i think it was weeks ago so uh-huh. steve and i were were in uh florida amelia island area together and uh it was i believe a monday night and nothing was open and so we're we're walking around and we find this place i don't even remember the name of it but it happens to be the oldest bar in all of florida uh, yeah. like circa late 1800s um the next morning i i left the hotel and there's like a a statue of Blackbeard outside or something like that. So anyway, Steve and I have uh, done business together in the oldest bar in Florida. Fun fact, I I use that as a bragging rights. I I took some pictures of the bar and I've showed a lot of people, but I think it's a really, really cool thing (laughs) Uh, with my affinity to to being a a sommelier and uh, drinks and all that. The oldest bar in Florida is a pretty cool spot to be. So
0: Absolutely. You're going to help me with my cafe. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Steve, this has been wonderful and enlightening. Um, I think we all to some level experience burnout in our lives um, mm-hmm. and to varying degrees. But I know you have some clear ways and tools uh, and strategies to really transform the way people think, uh, not just physically, but also physio- or, uh, psychologically, but physiologically as well. And so I'd love in the last minute or two that we have together today, I would love for you to share with everyone. Uh, first of all, how they can get in touch with you. Uh, Mm -hmm. And second, uh, how, if they are looking to overcome burnout or if they're looking to uh, just kind of right set their, their ship in this, uh, you know, middle of their career time where just things don't feel right at home or at work or everywhere, you know, kind of what are the next steps that they can take?
0: The easiest way to find me is tigerpi.com. So T I G E R P I like private investigator, it's performance Institute So we own two companies, Tiger Performance Institute, Tiger Medical Institute. So just tigerpi.com. First part of the website is book a session. You can talk to me and we will do what, what we call a discovery call. There's no selling. It's just getting to know you and finding out where you are and seeing if you're a fit. And we have four levels of our program based on what the person's ready to invest, ranging from stress management to sleep. We have a preview program and then we have our our premier program that is the one-year program with our doctor. It's a it's a physiological medical makeover with our doctor, our clinics in Seattle, but our program is 100% virtual. And um, we also get a coach for a year who is um, a clinical level person. So that that's really our program you know i also have a book called unleash the peak performer within you you can find it on amazon that will give you kind of a precursor to what we do because i believe that if you want to be a peak performer you have to you have to integrate three legs of a stool you have you have to optimize your your physiology your psychology and you have to optimize the engineering and design of your life because running harder faster longer is no longer an answer our world is exponentially changing. And what I teach in the book is how to deploy flow state, a flow state being in the zone against all of your most important goals. And and that's why I have the medical institute, because if you don't have an optimized physiology, you're not going to be able to be a peak performer. And at the end of the day, also, we actually are also an anti-aging clinic. So If you go through something, we'll help you get over the burnout, but we'll also set you up for a longer health span so you can enjoy all the fruits of your labor longer.
1: That's great, Steve. Well, it's always great chatting with you, and I'm glad that we were able to have this conversation uh, so the listeners could hear it. And everyone, I thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Dental Experience podcast. Please be sure to share this with your friends if you think it could be relevant to them. For the email announcement, send them the link to the podcast on any major streaming network. And be sure to leave us uh, a comment in the reviews below. We always strive for five here at the Dental Experience Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Dental Experience Podcast. For show notes, to ask a question, or for more information, visit www.thedentalpodcast.com. The ideas discussed during this episode are the opinions of the participants and do not serve as legal, financial, or clinical advice. Until next time, this is the Dental Experience Podcast.